Hosting for the BGDL Plus podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the BGDL Plus podcast, a show designed to help you take your creativity, productivity, and designing to the next level. And now here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to BGDL Plus. Today, talking about a little Kickstarter post-mortem. Talking about what happened with my campaign, the final flick tier, why I canceled it, why I felt like it wasn't heading in the right direction. I got Jamie Stegmeyer on the show just to kind of help me be a, a sounding board, a, a wall to bounce ideas off of. Jamie, appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's uh, This will be an interesting discussion because I, I didn't think we'd ever have to have this discussion, Gabe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me neither. Uh, we were talking about this before the before we got recording. You know, I, I felt really good about it. you and I. We we chatted, you know, a month, three weeks or so before the campaign launched. I felt good about it. You you know, you felt good about it. And so, hey, and this is one of the things. If you felt good about it, I feel good about it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If Jamie Stegmaier, who's written blogs and, and books about this stuff, felt good. But then I tell you what, man, the day it launched, first of all, it was super frustrating. So Kickstarter, there was a glitch in their system mm-hmm. where when I hit the big green button to launch at eight thirty in the morning, because I had like this hour and a half block where I've got planning period during, you know, I teach school. And so I had this hour and a half where I could just kind of maintain the campaign. I could refresh it. I could answer any questions that were coming in early. And I hit launch and I got this error message that said something needed to be fixed, but it didn't tell me what. Mm. But all the checks were green. Like everything was green. Everything was fixed, completed, you know, completed. I'd done everything I was supposed to do and it would not work. And so I was just scratching my head. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And it was really frustrating because like right before I launched, I just had a bad feeling. I was like, I don't, I don't think it's going to fund. I don't think it's going to do very well. And I don't know why I felt that way. It was just kind of like a little weird, you know, you get those ideas and feelings sometimes. Yeah. But then, so come to find out. Uh, so I, I, let's see, I sent a message to a friend of mine who's in the States. I thought maybe it's because I'm in Honduras. Maybe there's some like weird IP address thing going on with Kickstarter and it's freaking out. And so I sent her a message that said, Hey, can you log into my cam- my uh, campaign and just tell me what you see? And when she got in there, for whatever reason, it told her the error that, that it was. And it was just like a weird date issue with one of the rewards. And and so it told her and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so I was able to go in there and fix it. But this is like two hours later than I meant to launch. Right. And so I ended up launching like in the middle of a class. <laughs> uh-huh. So I didn't know what I was teaching that day. I probably like trashed it. And I was like, all right, guys, uh, get out your books and just read. And I'm going <laughs> to hang out in the back room. Um, so it was super frustrating beginning to the campaign. And then I don't know. It's just it just didn't take off the way I thought it would. I didn't think it would fund the first day or anything like that. I had no like uh, ideas as far as oh yeah this is gonna you know I'm gonna hit 100 grand the first you know 48 hours nothing nothing crazy like that. Right. But I really felt like it was gonna do a little bit better than it did. Let me just give you some numbers real quick. So in the end, it had 240 backers. Or I say in the end when I canceled it, which is I guess two weeks in. So 240 backers. Uh, it had made six thousand seven hundred thirty six dollars out of the fifteen thousand needed for the. Uh, the goal. And here's, here's another interesting thing, especially based off the blog post you just published mm-hmm. 71 people. So around 33% of those backers were $1 backers. And I've got some ideas about why, but um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that was kind of where things were at. And so for this conversation, as is postmortem, I kind of want to break things down into two different parts. One, the things I cannot control or could not control that there's nothing I could do. Life is just what it is. You got to deal with it. And then the other side of things I can control, the things I've, I've realized maybe some mistakes I made, some different things I can do, things I've changed for the Kickstarter, which is relaunched. So if you're listening to this, if you're hearing this, it's on Kickstarter right now. So December 4th through January 4th, it will be on there. So this, when this episode launches, it'll be up there. So if you want to check out the relaunch and how I've changed some things and made made things hopefully more backer friendly uh, that people want to get behind, uh, please check that out on Kickstarter, the final flick tier. But first of all, let's, I want to get into your, your blog post because this is something I dealt with. You talked about title blades and what was the other uh, Reavers uh, of Midgard. 
Yeah, they had just a ton of $1 backers. Like, we're talking thousands. Now, they had thousands of people to back the game in general, so it kind of proportions out. But, like, give me some of the reasons you think people are backing at that $1 level, and maybe that's something that I need to think about with, with this. Well, people, um, there are a lot of different reasons that people use the $1 level. And some people shared, I, I shared some reasons in the post, like people who just want to follow along or make comments and ask questions, people who aren't quite ready to pledge the full amount. The blog post in particular focused on $1 rewards where people pledge that dollar with the probably the distinct possibility of upgrading it to a full pledge in the pledge manager. And on yours, the way you phrased it, you said, if you want to, if you just want to follow the campaign or make a donation, this is the pledge level for you. Um, Did you intend that to be a pledge manager possibility for someone or just a follow along? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I plan on having a pledge manager. So yeah, that was a possibility. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think it's my guess is that at least a certain percentage of those people were intending to up, upgrade it later. And that made a that could have made a big difference on your campaign. If they had yeah, I mean, 71 in. people, let's, let's say I had just had half of that. Yeah, that had upgraded to the, uh, the full deal. And we'll, we'll call the full deal 50 bucks. Right, just to make it easy numbers. So 50 times 35, that's an extra $1,700. I mean, that's yeah. that's not a small chunk of change for a $15,000 campaign. Right, right. So what do you, th- and actually on your campaign too, I think it's worth noting that you had a $5 print and play level and yeah. 47 people backed at that level. Um, now my theory there, Gabe, would be that, well, actually let's throw out another number here. How many people subscribe to your, to your podcast and or your e-newsletter? Okay, so let's see, numbers-wise, I get about 3,000 downloads per episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's about 2,500 or so uh, people in the Facebook community, and I've got probably 16, a little over 1,600 email subscribers. So I'm guessing that there's a certain percentage of those people who, for whatever reason, didn't want the game, or they didn't have the money for the game, and they wanted to show their support for you as a creator because they follow you and they believe in you. And I'm wondering if that is, if some of those people were using the $5 reward for that um, because they didn't just want to give a dollar, but they wanted to mm-hmm. give it something a little bit more than that, um, which isn't a bad thing. I think that's good that they, those right. people had an outlet that was higher than a dollar to contribute in that way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I had several people uh, send me messages or just kind of write emails or whatever and say, hey, you know, this game's not for me. I don't like dexterity. I don't like 4X, whatever. Right. But I'm going to do the, the dollar pledge just because I love your podcast. I'm going to do the $5 just because I love, you know, all the interviews. You know, I want to support you, the person, you, the designer, you, you know, as Gabe, not necessarily you, you know, the game. And so uh, I think that was a pretty decent chunk. Uh, also, I had several people say, you know, I'm doing a dollar now. And hopefully, you know, this money comes in or, you know, I've got, I'm waiting on a sale, like people that work, that don't work for an hourly wage, right? They work off sales numbers and things like that. They're saying, hey, you know, we'll see, hopefully I can upgrade later. So I think there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So on your relaunch, as we're looking, like, I'm sure we'll talk about the main pledge level in a minute, but for the $1 and the $5 level, are you doing anything different, doing anything the same? Like, what did you learn from that for the relaunch? Yeah, those are staying the same. I, I felt okay. good about those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other rewards, uh, I've, I've tweaked, I've changed uh, one of them a good bit. And so, yeah, uh, I, f- I feel good about the one and the five. Because again, like you're saying, it's if it's a lot of people that just want to support me, hey, that's awesome. I really appreciate that. I, I cannot thank people enough. Every dollar is awesome. You know, every dollar is sent, them saying, hey, I believe in you, even if this game's not for me, or even if I don't have the money and the budget to, to do the full deal. 
I, I believe in the project. And so that's just incredible. And, you know, 240 people is not a small number. No. Right. Like I feel good about the number of backers. It was just yeah. the, uh, the amount total that was being pledged that it just, I didn't feel good about limping across the finish line. I think we talked about this. Yeah. Like at 15 grand, I was almost, I don't know, I don't know, like 42%, something like that. So almost half. I feel like the project would have barely funded, yeah. but that was not exactly what I wanted to do. And then I learned a good bit in, in kind of the failure of some different things that I felt like, let me cancel it uh, as opposed to just barely funding. Let me cancel it and let me do some things differently, do some things to make the game better, uh, better for backers, better for me, uh, and, and come back stronger. I think I said this in the uh, in the update when I told backers about canceling. All right, the first half's over, right? We're going to make some adjustments at halftime, my, my stupid football brain, and we're going to come out, we're going to try to win in the fourth quarter. That's, that's really where the game is, is won or lost. And so here, upcoming, you know, December 4th, that's the fourth quarter, in, in my opinion. That's the second half, and uh, hopefully do a little bit better and uh, get across the finish line a little bit sooner. So if you're going to keep one and $5 the same, what, what uh, in terms of the reward levels do you think didn't work for the original project? Yeah, and so this gets into – let's oh, okay. come back to that. Yeah. Let's talk about the things I can't control. Yes. Okay. And then – because what you're saying is very – it's the main that. thing yeah. that I can control, and I want to make that like a, its own – it's got a lot of stuff coming off of it. Yeah. So there are a few things that happen, and just one of the reasons I wanted you to be a part of this and not just me talking to myself into the microphone is I want to throw out some ideas. And if there's anything I'm off base where you're like, no, nah, I don't think so. Like anything you disagree with, please disagree. Like, please let me know. Like, ah, you know, I don't think that was really a reason. Or I think you're just making excuses. <laughs> uh, your game's trash and people don't like it. You know, <laughs> I know you never say that. But like anything that you just kind of disagree on, please disagree. And let's just kind of talk through these things. These are the things that I think uh, were were issues. And uh, you just kind of give me your opinion. So the first one oh, and was Gabe, the before, timing. Before we go into yeah. that, let me give a little disclaimer here for anyone. Like, like I said <laughs> earlier, I genuinely thought this project was going to fund and overfund. And I also write a ton about Kickstarter on my blog. So I, whatever I say here is just one person's opinion who may or, who, you know, I'm just one person. So I appreciate you sure. bringing me on here, but um, I could be way off. I, I'm hoping I can be helpful here, but we'll see. It's going to be great. Okay. Uh, the first one is timing. And, yeah. you know, this is one thing. I don't know how many times I looked at your your Google calendar that has like where people are supposed to go in there and like put what dates they're launching Kickstarters. That way you can kind of, you know, figure things yeah. out. Um, the uh, the ones that ended up on Kickstarter around the same time mine did were not on your calendar. Good sir. <laughs> and so those people need a good talking to about how, how to properly do this. Yeah. But there were three campaigns that launched either right before or right after mine. They all made at least half a million dollars or more, I think. Anyway, so Tidal Blades, Claustrophobia, and Spirit Island were all, they all might have been three quarter million dollar campaigns, yeah. like huge campaigns, just sucking up all the Kickstarter dollars. Because mm -hmm. one thing I've learned from Daniel Zayas, he was talking about this earlier, is the Kickstarter uh, market, like the, the people on Kickstarter, there hasn't been really a, a big spike in new users since the Exploding Kittens campaign. Like the people on Kickstarter now have been there for a long time. Like you're not getting a lot of new users, new customers, so to speak. Right. And so there's only so much money to go around unless you have like some kind of really big blog or, or like Exploding Kittens did, you know, where you're bringing in people from outside this kind of Kickstarter space. Right. And so when you have huge campaigns, I feel like it makes it a lot harder for everybody else to, to kind of one, be noticed, but also two, there's only so many dollars in people's budgets for board games a month. And so that, that, that played a factor. There were also like five or six other campaigns that were at least six figures on Kickstarter or in the gaming space at the same time. 
And so I feel like I just happened to launch at a really bad time. Yeah. Now, am, am I right? Am I wrong? Like, what do you, what's your Well, thought? I think you're right that you launched at a bad time. Um, and I'm sorry that the calendar let you down. That The calendar that you're talking about is creator-driven. <laughs> like, I never update it. I hardly ever even look at it because I'm not on Kickstarter <laughs> anymore. So I, I guess one thing that you do have control over here, Gabe, is uh, – you, I think you probably could have known about some of those projects. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that's always, it, it's sometimes hard to tell. Some companies announce things in advance, but like Tidal Blades, I feel like everybody knew that was happening. Claustrophobia was also very highly publicized in advance. Um, Spirit Island was too, but maybe a little bit more focused on just greater than games audience. So um mm-hmm. But you're right. You don't have you don't have control of the, over the other projects that are going to launch on the same day as you. And I'm sure that had an impact on your project. Yeah, definitely didn't help. Uh, the next thing, and this is a big one that I hadn't. I don't think I put enough weight into this one. I can't control it, but I feel like it's it's something to really be aware of. Is the small demographic of gamers that would be interested in a dexterity game with meteor choices? I guess you might say. You know, people that are interested in catacombs. There's not that many of them. Like when you say, "Hey, worker placement," okay, that's a million. That's a million people. When you say, you know, uh, deck building, okay, millions of people. When you say dexterity 4x game, that's like eight people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's not it's not as big of a market to to push to. And so I feel like that was something I can't control that, but something I probably should have been more aware of going in. I just didn't really think about it because I love these games. You know, I love catacombs. I love these you know dexterity games that have more choices and meat to them but I am in the very much minority. And so I think anyone listening to this that's trying to figure out, okay, how do I make sure my game funds? Just be aware of the demographic that you're shooting for and because you might need to spend more time on the pre-marketing than you realize. And that's something I, I failed at. That's, I could control that. Um, so the demographic is small. I can't control, but I probably should put more time and effort into the pre-marketing because it is such a small demographic. Well, thoughts? and for those listening, you had a poll up on the Board Game Design Lab community Facebook page about this during the project. And this was the number one pick. Uh, you asked why yeah. your Kickstarter was off to a little bit of a slow start and the number one selection by more than double or double the other, the other selections mm-hmm. was small but growing target audience specifically for dexterity games. So I think you, I, I think you're right. I mean, this is one of the great things about Kickstarter that you can gauge demand for something, but it's unfortunate that you found it out during the Kickstarter project itself. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you get to gauge the demand and sometimes there is no right. demand. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to find that out after you put a whole bunch of time and effort and a little bit of money into yeah. something. But that, hey, that's that's honestly better though than me spending you know thirty grand, forty grand, totally. something like that, and then trying to take it to market and then crickets, you know, and then having two thousand games sitting in my garage somewhere. And even if uh, which I have no garage, in right, right? And even if all, even if your relaunch doesn't even fund, which I hope it does, I genuinely hope it does. I'll be there as a backer. But if it doesn't, you still have these art assets to use possibly for another yeah. game. So yeah, oh, it's true. That's true. If I want to make a uh, dice placing, building, worker deck building game, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know let's, let's, let's hit all the big demographics and put them in one game. Right. <laughs> all right. The next one, it kind of relates to the first one, but uh, is, is how much people, how much money people have yeah. at the time, right? I can't control yeah. that. I can't control anybody else's budget. I had lots of people send me messages that say, again, like you said, I'm backing for a dollar because I just don't have the money in the budget. And it had nothing to do with title blades or cost probably anything else. It was just, you know, Tis the, tis the season, you know, it's life. Um, holidays are coming up, people are thinking about this stuff. Something I'm actually running into with December launch. We can talk about that in a minute. But I can't control how much money people have. And so that, that just kind of is what it is. Like you never know when people are going to have money and when they're not. I don't know that people have more money in March than they do in October. You know, it's just kind of 
person by person. And that comes back to that $1 reward a little bit. If there were a certain number of people who pledged $1 with the hopes of upgrading later when they did have more money, like maybe months later, that's mm-hmm. great that they would have that option. But for a campaign like yours, it, it may have really hurt as a result. And hopefully that doesn't happen with the relaunch. Um, but that is always the possibility when you have that $1 pledge manager um, reward. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just something for other Kickstarter creators, potential creators, just to keep in mind, yeah. right? That you're going to run into that and and just kind of prepare for it as best you can. And, uh, and again, you're just kind of hoping for the best. You're hoping to make good decisions and, you know, hopefully it pans out. But sometimes it doesn't and that's okay. And it's always good to have a backup plan. And that was one thing going in. I was like, okay, if this doesn't fund, I've got some ideas about how to do it differently, how yeah. to do it better. And then it didn't fund. It's like, okay, cool. I get to put this plan into action that I already had. And I got a lot of really great messages from people from the BGDL community and just people that you know I've known uh, either in person or, or online. Very, very encouraging, right? Hey, you know, sorry, I didn't fund. You know, hope you're doing okay. Like, very concerned about me. It's yeah. very nice. Like, I wasn't particularly discouraged, you know, because again, this is first half. Like, I, I've never been particularly encouraged or discouraged any game I've ever played or coached by the first half. Like, I don't care if we're up. I don't care if we're down. The first half, in my opinion, doesn't really matter. And so I just kind of took that mentality into it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do something different, and we'll play the second half. But I really appreciate people reaching out and just kind of commenting and saying, you know, hey, better luck next time. It's going to be great. I'll I'll back you again if you do a relaunch, that kind of stuff. It was really good to have that. So one thing I would encourage people to have is find find people, find a community that that you're going to have that. There's going to have people to encourage you because that – it really sucks. Like, even though I wasn't like crying and, you know, balled up under my blanket or anything, like it still sucks to have to go through this process of like relaunching and figuring out what to do differently. Like you, like you want to do everything perfectly the first time. But so Were there like, any other things out of your control that, that you want to talk about? Well, I don't have anything okay. else written down. Anything that you could think of or anything that kind of pops up in your mind? Uh, I mean, one of the poll options was market too crowded, which is something that you kind of have control over, but you don't have a control over what other, what other games people are publishing. I don't, I don't know if it's really a crowded market for this specific game, though. There aren't that many flicking games, and right. definitely not that many flicking games with interesting Euro elements to them. So, yeah, yeah, nothing else that I can think of. So, what, what about what can you control that uh, that went poorly that you that you could change for next time? Yeah, biggest thing. This is what I was alluding to earlier is the idea of value proposition. I don't know if you've written about the, the concept of value proposition on your blog in the past, but it might be a really good topic to kind of go yeah. in, in deeper. But when I say value proposition, basically when someone sees a product or they see a service, they automatically kind of think through their head, what is this mm-hmm. worth to me? And if the price is less than what they think it's worth, typically they buy it. And if it's more than what they think it's worth, yeah. they don't buy it. And so I am very much a believer that a lot of people saw my campaign because I had, I don't know, several hundreds, if not well over a thousand people come through the campaign page and see that and think, nope, yeah. it's not worth the money for whatever reason. Now, there could be a thousand different reasons why they thought that. And I've got some ideas and things I've, I've changed to kind of help that. But ultimately, I believe that $49 was not worth it to them for the game, for the components, for the experience they thought they might have. And so I've had to change the value proposition. Now, one thing I've done is lowered the, the base price of the game. So now I've come down, to, it's $37 for the, the game as opposed to 49, right? So I'm driving the price down 12 bucks. And so changing the value proposition a little bit there, uh, adding the solo mode in right off the bat. So originally the solo mode was going to be a, a stretch goal. Uh, this extra faction was going to be part of that solo mode and a stretch goal. That's just in the base game. So $37 gets you the four base factions and then the fifth one, which is the fifth one is also the AI for the solo mode. So hopefully adding more stuff to the box 
makes the price tag more worth it, right? So a more valuable thing. And then instead of having all these stretch goals with all these different expansion uh, factions and, and, you know, different ways to play the game, basically, uh, I've just had, I have an expansion that's kind of, it's an upgradable thing. So $37 gets to the base game, 40, was it 47? Yeah. $47 will get you the base game with a whole bunch of expansion factions. And so hopefully (laughs) it's going to like appeal to people more. They're going to say, wow, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this box and I need to get it now because it's going to be more expensive in retail. That's another thing. So 37 uh, on Kickstarter is going to be, that's a good bit more through cool stuff or, you know, it's probably the only place it's going to be available later is is online. It's not going to be in your friendly local game store. That's just not how this stuff works. Uh, And so hopefully that value proposition is greater now and people see that and go, oh, okay. Yeah, that's worth that. I'll I'll buy it. Yeah. We'll see. I think that's a, I think you've said it perfectly there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, next thing I can control, I got some uh, really good feedback on, was my main video. Uh, and so I didn't I didn't think about it. I don't know why I didn't think about it. I hate main videos. I, I don't remember the last main video I watched for Kickstarter. I cannot watch them. I immediately go down yeah. to the how to play video, and I want to see how the game works. And like, I don't really care about anything else. That's just me. And so I didn't think too hard about the uh, main video as far as like how long it was. I think it was only like three and a half minutes, maybe four. I'm not sure. It wasn't that long. But I had like this 15, 17, some 17 second intro like graphic. And it was this really cool thing. And I like the music and like, and it like this like star, not Star Trek, but like this sci-fi kind of thing that kind of intros the logo for the game. And it looks cool. I really like it. I'm pretty proud of it. But that's 17 yeah. wasted seconds. And so some people are like, you just need to get right into like, how does the game work? How does it play? And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's a much better way to do it than this kind of like mysterious, like don't try to be cool. Don't try to, unless you're Tidal Blades and you can like do this super expensive, crazy animation, beautiful right. thing. If you can do that, go for it. But if you're just a regular person, regular, you know, trying to get a game published, jump right into how the game works. Because that's what people are really there to see. And they don't have all time, they don't, uh, all day to kind of figure it out. And so for the, for the upcoming campaign, I've contracted a, a company that does this. Like this is what they do. They make these uh, overview videos. And so that's going to be the main campaign video. It's basically, here's the video, and I'll probably do like a um, you know, 30 second thing at the end, kind of cut, you know, basically put that uh, myself on there at the end, say, hey, thanks for checking out the page, you know, please back it. That kind of thing, just kind of put my face there. But it's just going to jump right into this is the game. And hopefully more people will uh, be enticed by that and understand how the game works and be more likely to back. How long do you think it, will the final video be? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think probably around two and a half, three minutes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be very long. Um, again, the game's pretty simple, so it doesn't take very long to explain everything. But yeah. what do you think? Uh, t- uh, yeah, I, for me, two and a half is like the very longest. The the mm. data that I've seen from my projects is like the the shorter the video, the more the higher the chance that someone will actually watch the entire video. And yeah. So I really tried to. I eventually got my videos down to like a minute. That's my goal now. Whenever I make a video for mm-hmm. a game, it's a minute. It shows the the main highlights really quickly. And if they want more information, they can go to another video. And it seems like a lot more people watch that than even the 90 second to two minute video. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's something to keep in mind. And I guess if you're listening to this, you can go and check out how long my main video is and see if I, <laughs> <laughs> see if I changed it. But that might be a good idea. I, I could go in and probably cut it up and just hit the highlights and then have the rest of it down the rest of it's going to be down as a how to play video anyway. And so kind of have the longer version mm-hmm. down in the main page and just kind of do the, you know, 60 second highlights up at the top. Right. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the company that does it. I'm, again, I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Uh, I know it's not gonna be that long, but um, yeah, it's something definitely to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. 
All right, next thing that I, this is kind of a could control, can't control. So one of the biggest things, I didn't have very many reviews slash previews. Yeah, I, had, I, was, I had two. I wanted to ask about that. You had two, yeah, yeah you said. Yeah, and so this was a, a little bit of a frustrating thing going into it. Now, I okay, I've interviewed enough people to know how this whole thing works. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't going into this thing blind. I, I contacted five or six different reviewers slash previewers early, like pretty early. Um, and it just didn't work out for various reasons for some, for all of them, all, all except for one. Uh, one of them forgot to put me on the calendar. And so when I was ready to send them the game, they were like, oh, shoot, we forgot. Now we're scheduled and booked up. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then another one, like, it's just a lot of timing. And again, with so many games coming out, a lot of the reviewers slash previewers there that I contacted were super busy. They were already, already scheduled up for like two months just because all the games that were coming out in October and November. Yeah. And so I ran into that kind of on the front end, even though I was contacting people, you know, two months out, it, it, they were already booked. And then I had one or two that said, Hey, um, contact us closer to time. You know, it's, it's too early. Basically I contacted them too early. And then when I contacted them again, they were like, Oh yeah, we're scheduled. Like what the heck I'm at? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just the way it worked out. Right. And so, but this is coming up uh, one. I've got a video from tantrum house. I got a video from board game brawl. Like I've, I've contacted other ones. And so hopefully that's going to one, make the campaign page, look better and, and give people a little more confidence. But two, it unlocks however many thousands of subscribers right. those reviewers have. I think that's really the biggest thing. It gives you access to these very large crowds uh, of people that would have no idea what your game is otherwise, but they see it on this channel that they're subscribed to and they go, oh, okay, I'll check that out. And so I feel like that's going to hopefully pay some pretty good dividends. I think that's a very prudent strategy. Um, and I think that may have made a, a decent difference in the first campaign, actually, to not have not have that reach and not have um, some uh, some more reviewers for people to to watch it there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you had. I would say you had too few for sure. Right, and then Edo Barraps, another one. Um, yeah, I sent him the game. He checked out. He's doing a video as well. So that's three. You know, pretty decent sized crowds, pretty respected, trusted. You know, credible uh, sources yeah. of reviews slash previews. And so hopefully uh, that's going to make things a lot better. And then the last thing, and this is this was not a, a large percentage of people that said this, but it was enough to, for me to go, okay, this is something I need to have, yeah. uh, were the lack of, of gifts. And I say gift because G says good, because my name is Gabe, not Jabe, but <laughs> gifts on the page of just showing people the highlights of here's how to play. Because I like how to play videos. I don't care about gifts, but there's a lot of people who hate how to play videos. They just want to see gifts. And so like, I feel like in a, in a Kickstarter campaign, you just have to account for everybody. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're teaching, uh -huh. you can't just assume everybody learns by listening. Like, you know, you have to account for the students that learn visually that learn, you know, by listening, that learn by doing things themselves, using their hands, whatever. You have to account for all these different kinds of people if you want to get this concept across. Right. So I think the same thing is true in Kickstarter uh, campaign world where you just need to account for all these different kinds of people. And so the next campaign will have uh, probably four, maybe five different gifts of the main actions you can take during the game, which will hopefully give people a better understanding how to play and make them more likely to back. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, my one recommendation there would be to group them somewhat together on the page so people who don't like the people who yeah. want to like you know it's tough to read text when you have like a flashing moving image off to the side so mm -hmm. uh, if you consolidate them then people can kind of avoid them on their screens but yeah i agree I, I think some people do like to see the game in motion without having to click through to a video right so those are the things that i i felt like was there anything else that you thought but man you could have changed this could have done this differently um, I think you've hit the big ones, the the price, the or as it compares to value, the reviewers, the timing. So the timing is actually my one concern with the relaunch because you're launching in December. 
which yep. is traditionally a very tough month to fund in. Yeah. So my, uh, my reasoning here, and I, I talked to a couple different Kickstarter veterans, you might say people who've done very well on Kickstarter. And cause that was my thoughts. Like, I want to, I just want to relaunch it now. Like I feel like I've changed things. Uh, I've gotten some ideas about how to do things differently. I figured out some ways to kind of make the game a little bit cheaper in manufacturing so I can bring the pipe price point down. Oh, also another thing, the, um, the overall funding goal is going to be 10 grand instead of 15. And so, and I'm not losing money. Like I found another good thing about failure is you have, you, you are forced to figure out better ways to do things. <laughs> and so one thing I found was a manufacturer that I had not talked to before that I didn't even know, I didn't even know they existed, but come to find out they do a lot of really great games. Like I've played some of the games. I've seen the quality of their work. I'm really excited about what they cool. do. And so I, I sent out uh, some more uh, manufacturing requests to a handful of other companies that some uh, other publishers kind of say, well, Hey, talk to these people, talk to these people, like people I'd never heard of. And I found a really good deal, a uh, really good price and good quality. And so I, I was able to lower the overall uh, funding goal down. Also, they were able to make a thousand games, whereas the original company I was going to go with, I had to make 1500. And so just all these different numbers coming together nice. to make it for a much easier campaign to manage, hopefully easier to fund without me having to put 10 grand of my own money yeah. up. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, we need $8,000. It's like, bro, that is a $30,000 game. So where's that other 22 coming right. from? You know, and so I didn't want to do that. Uh, so, so this is not one of those cases uh, here. But then back to what we're talking about as far as December. So I talked to different people and I said, should I do January? Should I do February? And they, they had a really good point. They said, you know, January and February are probably going to be just as crowded as October and November. Like everybody just sits and waits for January and you're probably going to have crazy campaigns every week in January and probably in February too. And so really just launch it when you're ready. When you feel ready, hit the button and go. I was like, okay, well, I feel ready on December 4th. And so that's that was kind of my mentality. Now, I've seen some numbers that say that just as many Kickstarters get funded in December as far as board games as every other month. And so it's not really, you know, that much of a down kind of month, uh, not as many campaigns overfund in December as other months. And so that's something to kind of keep in mind. But I also had people tell me, uh, Hey, you know, December is a good month for me because I get my Christmas bonus and I've got extra that's money. True. I was like, Oh no, I didn't think about that angle. That's a good point. Like there's a lot of people who get extra money from their employers, uh, you know, for various reasons. And so we have a little extra money to spend. Um, also launching it, early December, like the first week of December, hopefully people aren't quite as, as much thinking about, oh, well, you know, Christmas is tomorrow. And so I've got to buy these gifts. So I don't have any extra right. money. And then also it ending in early January, hopefully that's kind of passed. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a harder month just in general, but hopefully it's less crowded. You know, again, there's only so many Kickstarter dollars to go around each right. month and hopefully I've got fewer, you know, people to co compete with. And so, I don't know, we'll see <laughs> again, we'll, we'll find out here in a week or so, but, um, yeah, hopefully it all works out. Now, is there anything I'm not seeing? Is there any blind spot that I'm not covering? Not that I'm seeing. Although, again, I'm biased. I really thought this was going to fund the first time. I like the look of it. <laughs> I think you organized the page well. Um, and you built, uh, you did something that many people forget or just aren't, uh, or aren't motivated to do, which is you built a significant audience of people who trust you and listen to you before you launch the project. So I guess, you know, maybe that's yeah. the one thing last, the one remaining thing, Gabe, I am still a little surprised that more of those people didn't show up. Hmm. And by lowering the price of the core reward, that might help. Um, yeah. But even at the $5 level, you had 47 backers there and, and 71 at the $1 level. But it is a little surprising to me that more of your, the, uh, the board game design lab community didn't show up. Not that they are, not that they're obligated to in any way. Yeah. There's no expectation. Yeah, that, like right. they're, they're part of that community because they want to be a part of that community, not because they signed up to eventually right. back your game and 
that wasn't yeah, your motivation for forming the community, but it's still a little surprising. Do you think, so do you think there's anything else that needs to be done to maybe convert a little bit more of those people into backers? Well, hopefully failing the first time <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, makes it a little bit, you know, makes you a little bit more likely uh, to, to back it this go around. Oh, another thing I'm going to do is I really like the idea of pre-funded stretch goals. Like if we get to, you know, 33% in 48 hours, then you get this yeah. extra cool thing. And so one thing I'm going to do, I've got this faction that's holiday themed. It is a, it's, it's basically, it's an alien who thinks he's Santa Claus. So he's dressed like Santa Claus <laughs> and he goes around the galaxy delivering gifts and um, building little workshops on planets. And uh-huh. uh, that's how he scores victory points. And so if we, if the campaign hits certain thresholds before funding, then every game gets that extra faction in it. And so it starts off with the print and play. If we hit like a third and if we get to two thirds, everybody gets an actual like card, you know, it, it'll be in the main box. And so hopefully that helps people also, just kind of get them more motivation to, to back early, because uh, maybe there wasn't enough. Maybe maybe more people from the BGDL community were going to back later, right? But they were like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to back it now. I'll get it, you know, last few days of the campaign or something like that. Maybe that was their mentality, you know, out of sight, out of mind, maybe. But I don't know. I feel I don't. Again, people didn't join the community because they like dexterity games or space games, right? And so right. I think that's that's one challenge. Now I'm I'm working on the second edition of my board game design advice book, which will come out. Uh, or it will be on Kickstarter probably February, maybe March of 2019. Now, I feel really good about that. I feel really good about converting a giant percentage of people for that project because right. that's why people are there. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. Again, I feel like more people would show up, but maybe they just didn't have time. Maybe I canceled it a little bit before they were uh, ready to back. But but hopefully, yeah, hopefully more people show up this next round. But if not, that's, that's okay too, right? I, I don't, again, I didn't make this thing ever thinking I would uh, even publish a game. Like this is all kind of brand new. As far as me thinking, okay, I can go to Kickstarter. Like I wanted to avoid Kickstarter. I wanted other people to do that and me to, you know, interview them about it. But um, I felt really good about this project, and so hopefully other people will kind of feel good about it as well. And we'll see what happens. And just to go back to one thing you said a second ago too, I, I do like the idea of flash goals for this project, which mm. are what you were talking about of having, if you reach certain things within the first twenty four hours, forty hours, whatever time period you set, then yep. everyone gets a cool thing. Right. I think it's that's the modern version of a great early bird reward because everyone benefits and there's a reason to, to back on day one. And backers can still back out of their pledges if they decide they want they don't want the game, but it gives them a reason to to have a more substantial pledge or very early in the campaign, which gives you that extra boost. So I think that's yeah. a great idea. That might yeah. help. Hopefully it works. And um, yeah, I love listening to people uh, as far as uh, if they've got ideas about ways to to do things differently, do things better. It's great to get. I think that's really the 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 best thing about Kickstarter uh, is you kind of build this community around the game that. Of a community of people who can also affect the game, which is just an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope it works out, Gabe. I think uh, I'm impressed by the way that you've, you've thought through this and um, I, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there on day one again. Either way, I'm supporting you. I think you're doing yeah. a great job. And the game, I think genuinely looks cool. I am not typically a dexterity gamer, but I don't care. I, I think the, mm-hmm. the way that you incorporated it into this game is really, really unique and I want to try it. Awesome. So. I really appreciate that. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully more people feel the same way. <laughs> another another <laughs> good thing that kind of came out of it is so my wife, you know, the day that I, I canceled, she was like, "Well, I'm sorry," and you know, I kind of feel bad. This is the way it went. I looked at her, I was like, "Yeah, but this makes great podcast content." You know, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a, a great post mortem. It's going to be great for me to be able to talk to other people in the Kickstarter world and say, "Oh yeah, I've been there. Oh yeah, I've I've." I don't, I don't say failed because I canceled. It's a little bit different. But uh, I guess failure is the right word, though. The, the campaign did not go the way I wanted it to or the way I'd hoped. So that's failure. Yeah. And so this has been a really good experience. And it, it's made the game a lot better. 
like having to go back to the drawing board and go, okay, how do I make this game more valuable to people for less money? Right. Like, that's a hard thing to figure out. And so yeah. I've really enjoyed this whole process. And uh, yeah, hopefully it pays dividends here uh, in just a few short days. Awesome. Well, I hope so, Gabe. Yeah, thanks for talking yeah. about it. No, yeah, I appreciate you being on, on the show just kind of as a, a wall to bounce ideas off of. And again, thanks for everything you do for uh, Kickstarter creators and the hobby in general. And uh, I'm excited about all this stuff you got coming out soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right. Good luck. Well, cool. Thanks, man. And uh, yeah, good luck with everything I've got going on right now, I guess is the say. <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening. This podcast is made possible by members of BGDL Plus. To find out more and to gain access to all of the awesome exclusive content, go to boardgamedesignlab.com slash plus. And until next time, keep trying new ideas, keep playtesting, and keep striving to become the best designer you can be. Did I mention keep playtesting? <laughs>